Hello, friend. You're listening to episode 185, and today we're chatting about going beyond weight loss and other markers to determining your health, what to shoot for, and how we have it all backwards when it comes to health and weight loss. If you really, really enjoy this conversation and you want to go deeper and you're like, I am ready to transform my relationship with my body and get off this roller coaster of hating myself and then getting really excited and hating myself again, head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash whole. That's W-H-O-L-E. If you have questions about today's content, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. And the last URL I'm going to be sharing. No, that's a total lie. Actually. Actually, I have one more after this one. You can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes of today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. And I'm still on tour right now. I have done a couple of amazing cities. I feel so, so thankful to all of you that came out, gave me lots of hugs. We've taken a lot of selfies and I still have a bunch of other places that I'm going throughout the U.S. and Canada. So if you haven't already RSVP'd for your city, now's the time to go to ketodietbook.com slash tour. See if I'm going to your city and then sign up. Bring your friends, bring your relatives. I don't care. Just show up. If you have a book, I will sign it. If you don't, There's some first purchase there. All three of my books will be there. And then if you don't want to buy a book, that's cool too. Just come and hang out. I have a bunch of gifts to give you, a bunch of free samples, and we'll just have a blast. Today's guest is Stephanie. She's a pharmacist with training as a functional nutritionist who follows a holistic fat field approach to living. She helps her patients make dietary and lifestyle changes to help them achieve their health goals. With a history of disordered eating, over-exercising, and yo-yo dieting, Stephanie has finally found a life style that works for her. She hopes to share her story to help girls gain confidence and finally achieve food freedom. Now, Stephanie and I recorded this podcast episode a bazillion months ago, and I've just been trying to get through all the archives and get everyone's post out. So I'm so excited to finally get to share this episode with y'all. It's so, so good. I really enjoyed it. I hope you do too. So let's do this thing. Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast. If you're new around these parts, I'm Leanne Vogel. You may know me as the international best-selling author of The Keto Diet, The Keto Diet Cookbook, Keto for Women, and the writer behind the site, healthfulpursuit.com. As a woman, you already know exactly how hard it can be to lose weight, stay in shape, and make the best of your diet. I've put together a free 21-page guide exclusive to podcast listeners that shows you why imbalanced hormones are generally at the core of all struggles that women face when it comes to our weight and our overall health. Go to ketoforwomen.com for your free guide. In this free 21-page guide called Managing Hormone Imbalances for the Keto Lady, I share tips that will help you find success in adjusting your keto to fit your lady body. First, I'll provide five tips to help you stay focused as a keto lady. And lastly, we will review the top hormone imbalances that affect women, signs you may have a hormone imbalance, and actions you can take right now to achieve hormone balance. You can get your free 21-page guide at ketoforwomen.com. And thank you so much for listening today. Hi, Dr. Stephanie. How's it going? Good. How are you? (laughs) I'm so good. Thanks so much for coming on the show with me today. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Cool. So the first thing I like to ask all of my guests is, 
What does keto mean to you? So for me personally, it is food freedom, essentially, and finally getting away from being scared of eating dietary fats, for Mm -hmm. sure. I love it. And how did you find the ketogenic diet? I actually found it through you, Leanne. (laughs) Yes. I had no idea. (laughs) Yeah. So um, a little background about me is that I've, I think like many, a lot of girls out there had that yo-yo dieting phase, always chronic counting calories and restricting everything was low fat, a hundred calorie snack packs. I actually went through a bikini competition as well and lost my cycle. So when I finally decided to kind of regain my health for the right reasons, not just looking good on the outside, I was on YouTube finding ways, uh, like different ways that women regain their cycle. And I came across your videos on how you regained your cycle. And that's actually when I um, started doing my own research or learning about the ketogenic diet. So it was through you. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, so, that's so cool. That's so cool. And like, what was that? When you found keto and you're watching this video and you're like, what is this? How was there anger? Was there frustration? Was there confusion? Like, do you remember what you were experiencing in that moment of like, what is this all about? It was a lot of confusion and a lot of fear because I think growing up with the mindset of eating low fat, it it took a really long time to trust my body that it would do what it needs to do after I started just eating more avocados, like using oil to cook my food. My my brother would always yell at me telling me like I destroy my pans because I'm not using enough oil to cook my food. So just every little thing like that. Back to today's episode in a sec. So I've been doing a little something for 10 minutes a day and all of you are starting to notice and you're like, what is your secret, Leanne? Your skin is glowing. What are you doing? So a couple of months ago, I was quite hesitant, but I ordered a Juve Red Light Go. It's a handheld device that I hold up to my face for 10 minutes a day. It's red light that stimulates collagen, counteracts the signs of aging, is beneficial on the effects of wrinkles, acne scars, hypotrophic scars, and the healing of burns. And it's also been known to be an effective natural acne treatment. And as a 30-something-year-old whose mother told her that she would definitely stop having acne at 18, I can tell you that's a straight-up lie because I am now in my mid-30s and still struggle with acne. But for the last couple of months since I've started using my Juvgo every morning for 10 minutes, my acne has gone away. My scars from way, way back in the day are healing. And my skin has this wonderful, beautiful glow. So if you're wondering, what is this thing? How do I do it? It's a handheld device that emits red light. I put it close to my face every morning for 10 minutes. It's a rechargeable light. It lasts about 10 days on one charge. So you just hold it up, 10 minutes, relax. When it turns off, you go about your day. You can find out more by going to juve.com slash keto. That's J-O-O-V-V.com slash keto. Click on shop and choose targeted devices. Now, if you want the device that I have, it's the Juve Go Red model, and that'll help boost the collagen in your face, reduce the fine lines, acne scarring, and all that amazingness. Help boost your glow. Again, that's J-O-O-V-V dot com slash keto. Okay, back to today's episode. And 
before you found keto and experienced all the things you did, how did you define health back then? Like what was your definition of health then? I think it primarily was based off of how people looked. Being, you know, being thin meant that we were healthy or having muscles meant we were being healthy. And a lot of times it was just eating a lot of vegetables and lean meats. And I grew up, my mom always told me to like, don't eat too much rice because that might make you gain weight. So I never really gorged myself in a lot of carbohydrates, but at the same time, that's when um, I wasn't getting enough nutrients. It was just a lot of vegetables. I wasn't eating carbs and everything I was eating was like really low fat or lean meat. So I was one of the reasons why I lost my cycle. Mm. And how do you define health now? Like what sort of markers do you look for in yourself to define whether or not you're healthy? For me, it's definitely how I feel, like my focus, my energy, and digestion. Digestion is huge. It's like a huge sign for me. If I'm as simple as if I can't use the restroom one day, I could tell that like something is going wrong. But mainly I go off of how I feel now and more than just the way I look. Yeah. And digestion is a really difficult one because it takes a lot of time. Did you find like when you started focusing on gut health and just your overall digestive function that you got a little bit frustrated because it does take so long to just kind of even out? Yeah. And it's not every day that it's perfect, you know, but it's, it's it's frustrating. You have your ups and downs and trial and error. Of course, doing like some testing does help, uh, like gut testing or food sensitivity testing. But at the same time, you can be following. I was that girl who would always look up articles like these are the 10 things that you need to do to be healthy. And I would do those things to a T and nothing would work. And that just goes down to show how individual everyone is. Yes, totally. So when you found keto, was that like the big shift that kind of changed your perspective on what health was? Or were there more steps within that that kind of transitioned your belief system? When I found keto and after listening to you and even like uh, Dr. Will Cole, all the forerunners in the community here, it just made me realize how important whole food and the quality of food was. For a while, I was doing that if it fits your macros and counting macros for everything. So as long as it fit, I was, I had like, sugar uh, protein bars or a bunch of cereal in my diet just because it all fit. But after finding keto, it's really shaped the types of food that I chose to eat, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Totally, it does. And one thing that you're um, pretty passionate about is helping girls specifically with like their confidence um, and achieving food freedom. Can you tell us a little bit about your story and what really drives you to want to change Um, the conversation uh, for young people? Yeah, absolutely. Growing up, I was always told that I had to be thin. And I don't know when or why it really started for me, but I was always yo-yo dieting, always thinking that I had to be thin to be accepted by society. Or maybe it was the compliments that people were giving me when I was thinner. So I was always afraid if I put on weight again, that people won't like me as much anymore. 
So after finding keto, I know a lot of women go to keto for weight loss and that's what their goal was. But for me, it was for healing everything that was going on inside. And instead of losing weight, my body, like I put on weight after I started keto, but that's what my body needed. And I think that's why keto is so powerful as a healing agent instead of a weight loss tool. And I'm passionate about it is because I've seen my body suffer. I I always thought that I had to work out six days a week, do ample amount of cardio, count my calories or macros and restrict just because everyone you see on Instagram, that's what they're doing. And that's why they have so many followers. And that's why people like them. It's because of the way they looked on the outside. But I just want to let girls know that, you know, those girls are probably suffering from hormonal issues that they don't talk about, or they're on the birth control pill that might mask some of the symptoms that I was having when I was constantly working out and not eating enough. So I just want them to know that that's not reality. (laughs) Yeah, completely. And I, I totally feel you on that of... I talk about this a lot and I'm sure listeners are sick of this, just like with social media and it, you're not going to share a fight with your husband or your significant other. You're not going to share when you gorge on a chocolate cake for breakfast instead of having a fatty coffee. Like those are not the things you see. Mm-hmm. You see the put together moments and then you base your life on those put together moments. And then it's just this cascade and social media can be such a gift because it brings together community. But in another aspect if we're comparing ourselves to people's highlight reels, it's never a good situation for anyone. (laughs) Exactly. And I think even in the keto community, I know that like I put, um, you know, the foods that I eat out there and even the people who preach keto, there are moments like I think carbs can be allowed in the diet, especially, you know, I'm traveling right now. I'm in Argentina and they're known for their empanadas and I'm not going to turn down empanadas just because it's made out of some carbs. And some people might not show that because they think that they, since their page is all keto, that that's all they share, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are empanadas plantains? Is that the plant, the squished plantains fried or what's an empanada? I, it's like a dough and it's, uh, they have like a meat filling usually inside, oh, usually do yes. like ham and cheese. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I've never had those, but they look really good. <laughs> yes, they are. They're delicious. <laughs> and that's part of traveling too. That's something that I really enjoy. I mean, my allergies definitely get in the way of me trying everything, but mm-hmm. if I'm in certain places, like if I'm in Mexico and we're having mocajete and there's tortilla chips with it too. I'm going to eat the tortilla chips. Like, yes, absolutely. That's going to happen. <laughs> and I think too, uh, we don't really think, you know, like our conversation is all about like signs of health and being healthy. And it's not just about our body. It's also about our mental health. And I'm sure you can relate being at restaurants in the past, just totally stressing about yes. ordering from the menu, thinking about before you're going, stressing about eating, stressing that you ate too much. Um, Have you experienced that as well? Yes, that is something that I did before every restaurant. I would look at the menu because these were the tips that, you know, that the health gurus would tell us, like, make sure you look at the menu before you go to a restaurant. So just having that freedom and 
there are always choices at restaurants that you can make that you know, you will enjoy and you don't have to restrict and not saying that you should be doing that every day, but you shouldn't feel the need to restrict. Yes, I totally agree with you. I hope you're totally digging this episode. I love putting these together every week and I hope you're getting something out of it. I love seeing where you're listening from. So next time you're listening or even right now, take a picture of yourself watching the show or a screenshot of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram at Healthful Pursuit. And if social isn't your thing, that's totally fine. Just jump on your favorite podcast player and leave a review for the show. Okay, back to the good stuff. Going back to a comment that you made just a little bit ago where you um, adapted into a ketogenic lifestyle and you gained weight and you said that it's definitely what your body needed in order to be healthy. Can you explain what that experience was like? Because I know when I went keto, I lost a bunch of weight and then I realized that losing weight wasn't what I needed to do in that moment for my body. So I gained a bunch of weight and then I lost a little bit of weight. Now I'm kind of like, I don't know, in the middle-ish. I don't really know. but um, what was that like to you to realize that you needed to gain weight? And how did you talk yourself through that as somebody who grew up being told that they needed to be thin? It was, it was, and still today, it's still hard sometimes, you know, when I look through old pictures and seeing the change that my body had to make, and it's definitely hard. But when I think about my lifestyle now versus my lifestyle back then, that tells me and reassures me that this is what I needed to do. It wasn't, you know, I, I was carrying my scale around and weighing all my food to restaurant at restaurants to maintain that lean physique versus now it's just a carefree thing. So that mental aspect, even though physically um, I might've put on a little bit more weight that the, what I've gained mentally is much more, means a lot more to me. And when you look at those pictures, like I do the same thing, I'll look at old pictures of me or even pictures of a month ago. And I'm like, oh, if I could only get that body back, which is great. Like it was, yeah. My life was so much better 30 days ago. Look at how great I looked. Right. Um, What do you do to yourself to get out of the funk? Is there like something that you do or a thought that you think to kind of shake it off and keep going? I know there are some people that I follow on and like, well, I don't follow people who kind of promote the lean body anymore, but um, there are some like communities of people that, or like groups of uh, Facebook groups that I'm part of, or just like Instagram people who promote body positivity. And I think that's a beauty about social media as well. While there are, uh, downfalls to it. The pro is that there are people out there who preach that and just remind you that it's okay. <laughs> totally. And and what about parents? Because you ta- chat a little bit about girls and wanting t- them to know that they're more than a body and that there's so much more to life than using your body as that. I, I always thought of it as like a currency of like, if my body looks a certain way, I will get certain things that other people that don't have a body like this won't get. And I thought that a lot. And I judged, even, I'm so sad to think this now, but I judged people that didn't look like that. And I know that this still continues to this day. And do you have any tips for parents or um, guardians of children, or even just like big brothers or sisters that are seeing their siblings 
struggle with their body image of things that they can do to help? I'm not a parent myself yet, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) I would just, as parents, be very aware of it, of your children, especially if you do start notice that their behavior, not just the way they look, but like some of the things that they're doing, like they're always full or they're always telling you that they're full or like not eating in front of you. I think that's very important. With my family, I remember that when I was extremely restricting, I was getting a lot of comments. So I kind of took it as a good thing. And I'm sure like my parents and my family meant no harm, but those are just some signs to look out for. And instead of just complimenting them for looking so good, suddenly kind of dig a little deeper and really notice if they're having disordered eating behaviors. Mm, That's a really good tip. And something that we have um, enforced in our household, because when my husband and I got together, when he was my boyfriend, he understood that I was still experiencing an eating disorder and was super supportive. And we made a house rule and we continue to have this rule is we don't compliment each other on our bodies. We don't talk about our bodies in that way of like, you look so good, or that shirt is pretty on you or that sort of thing. Because it sparks a lot triggering. of triggering. Yeah, yeah, it is. It totally is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It totally is. Or like, then you think, well, this shirt makes me thin. Okay. And you don't know what's going on in people's minds. And I think not like we would ever want children, but if for some reason we had children, I think that I would also have that rule of, you know, there's so much more than just a body. And I think you can mean it people don't even mean it. You know, even when I see like a little girl that's dressed up in a dress, I don't tell her, Oh, you look so pretty. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll say, I'll ask her about her dress, where she got it, what her favorite color is, why she chose that color for the dress, but not compliment her on the way that she looks in the dress. Yeah. Um, And it's hard. That's a really good tip. I've actually never thought about it like that. And I think a lot of times with a significant other, they think that being supportive is just always complimenting you of some sort. But that's a really good point you're making. Yeah, it's, it's different. I know that when you come from a disordered, when you have that disordered relationship with food or you have an experience with an eating disorder, it's a whole other ball game. Like mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you know, it's like a whole other thing. Back to today's episode in a sec. If you're not familiar with Paleo Valley, they make one of my most favorite healthful keto snacks, 100% grass-fed beef sticks and 100% pasture-raised turkey sticks, and they are also fermented. Each stick contains 1 billion CFUs of probiotics to benefit the health of your gut and strengthen your immune system. Their gut-friendly sticks are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, freaky chemical additive, and dye-free, as well as being preservative-free. Many of the flavors are 100% free from carbohydrates and the best part they're really really tasty now you can shop all things paleo valley load up your cart and apply a 20 percent discount code to everything in your cart to take advantage of this offer go to paleovalley.com keto fill up your cart and enter the coupon code keto 20 that's keto 20 at checkout to apply a 20 percent off discount on your entire purchase if you're unsure of the link simply check out today's show notes for all the details. Okay, back to today's episode. I wanted to chat with you, like we were talking about empanadas before, um, 
carb ups. What's your relationship with carb ups, your carb allotment? What do you do with that? So since I previously did like counting macros and now that I'm um, focused ever since I've adopted like a more keto lifestyle, I focus on definitely better carbs. It's not like cereal or processed foods anymore. And I definitely practice it quite often, especially in the evening. I would say at least one meal out of my day would have um, sweet potatoes in it or some sort of fruits. So it would either be like a lunch or a dinner time, just because um, I learned about all about carb ups through you as well. So I do really like implementing it in the evening time because it does help me sleep, I found, um, through the night. And the next morning, I if I check my ketones, it does not take me out of ketosis. So I don't really hit that 20 grams of carbs that a lot of people kind of aim for. I just, I have it and it doesn't affect me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty scary. I was following a Reddit thread where somebody shared carb ups and then everyone said, um, you're going to get kicked out of this thread because you are promoting cheat days and we don't talk about carbs here. And I think it's really unfortunate because like you said, you know, you can, you can be fat adapted. You can have the carbs. You can feel better, especially as a woman. And then you test your ketones and it's the same. So what's the big deal? Right. Oh, do you find like there are certain carbs that you thrive on versus not so much? Yes. So it was very interesting when I first started kind of like now I don't track my ketones as often because I could kind of base it off of how I feel. But in the very beginning when I was tracking it, I noticed that um, eating things like sweet potatoes and even blueberries, it didn't affect me too much. But then something like corn, it would immediately either like kick me out or drop my ketones significantly. So, so I just stick to, I really like sweet potatoes. It keeps me like satisfied. And the ones that I get, it's either like the purple sweet potatoes or the Japanese ones. So those aren't like extremely sweet. They've got like a more, I don't know, they're just not as sweet as like the yams that are the the American sweet potatoes. (laughs) Yeah. um, My husband hates the purple ones, but I find they're a lot more starchy. Mm -hmm. Do you find they're like starchier? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're delicious. I like those. Have you ever tried? (laughs) My favorite way is like to cook them almost till they're done and just like microwave them or bake them or whatever, and then smash them and then cook them in coconut oil. So they're like crispy. Oh, I haven't tried that. (laughs) That's kind of like how they make the plantains, right? Yes. Exactly like that. Exactly how, okay. Totally. I had to try that. (laughs) So good, those purple ones. Okay, my next question for you is, of all the things you're eating right now, what is like the thing that you are in love with so much and can't get enough of? Do you go through phases with food? Like where you love, 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 yeah. What's your thing right now? I'm just enjoying whole eggs. I was that. As simple as that. Uh, well, being in Argentina, there's a lot of cheese and salami. So I'm getting my um, fill on that as well. It's delicious. But I was always that person who would buy the carton of egg whites and was always afraid of eating the yolk as much as I loved it, like the runny yolk. I can't eat hard boiled eggs, but I'm all about the pasteurized eggs right now. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I developed this egg sensitivity probably like a year and a half ago and I just I cannot eat eggs. Oh my gosh. I ate so many when I first started keto. I think that's what it was. Like I could eat a dozen every two days. <laughs> so how do you know when you have, like, what are some of your symptoms of sensitivity? For eggs? Well, I, it, it depends. Like for dairy, it's acne on my forehead. Oh boy. For like sour things, I react to sour things with a stripe down my left cheek. Okay. It's the strangest thing. And for eggs, I get a really like sore belly and it's like, it's almost like a gluten belly. It feels very similar to when I eat gluten. It's like sharp pain. Oh boy. Yeah. It's mostly, mostly those sorts of things. Not a lot of stomach pain. I mean, with corn, if I have like genetically modified corn, Mm -hmm. it's the stabbing, poking pain. Okay. Um, Grains make my scalp really itchy. Like my husband and I ordered pizza last night because recording and it's like crazy. And we're just like, ah, pizza, let's just eat pizza. And I ordered gluten-free pizza without the tomato sauce because tomatoes make my um, skin break out. So I just mm-hmm. ordered no sauce, no cheese. So it's just like meat and vegetables <laughs> on gluten-free bread. <laughs> and I add olive oil or like I had uh-huh. um, uh, pate stuff that I got from Whole Foods and I was eating it and five minutes after my scalp got so itchy. It like burns. It feels like somebody just poured acid on my scalp. And I know this and I choose to still eat grains sometimes knowing uh-huh. that I'm in so much pain. Oh my gosh. Oh, so you knew, you knew like that. Yeah, I knew. And I was like, <laughs> I feel like pizza and I'm just making a conscious choice for my scalp to feel like it's burning off my head. <laughs> and that's the beauty of it, that you can make that choice. Yes. Like just knowing you know, what's going to happen, but not, um, restricting yourself, but it's, it's that freedom that I found with keto as well. Yeah. And just that conscious choice of it's no longer, Oh my gosh, I'm going to eat pizza. How many calories is that? How is it going to screw up my carbohydrates and how long am I going to need to fast after this and all the things. And today I haven't like other than lemon water, yeah, I've had lemon water all day and it's 6.30 at night and mm-hmm. I, guess I am fasting all day today. So right. it's just like having that in intuition um, and just allowing your, trusting your body, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Would you agree? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And what do you feel is missing in the keto space for women right now? So I think this goes back to what I notice is women especially are really strict uh, with that 20 gram maximum carbs. And they think that if they're not losing weight or they've hit a plateau, that they have to keto harder or something, or they have to do intermittent fasting. And I think for women especially, it's look at keto as a healing tool instead of just a weight loss. Because I think weight loss is just a side effect of being healthy, essentially, like once your body finds it's where it wants to be, the weight will come off. And for women to just stick to it and don't be afraid of carbs every once in a while. Our our bodies are a little more fragile than men. And we, you know, I really do think that our hormones can use a little bit more carb ups than we think. 
Totally. I agree with you. Where can people find more from you? Um, mainly just through Instagram. I'm Dr. Chan. And Facebook is just uh, Dr. Stephanie Chan. Amazing. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your story. I know that it'll benefit a bunch of people. So thank you so much for hanging out with me. It was my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.